Hello everyone and welcome to episode 18 of the Swapcast. Holy fuck, the Swapcast is pretty much coming of age as we speak. I'm Dave. I'm Yuan. And, uh, well, three months into uh, this corona hell, I think, just about. I'm bugging if I know. I don't know time and space anymore. Uh, Yeah, another episode of the Swappy and... uh, we are joined, of course, by uh, someone who has become more of a part of the furniture than we ever expected to uh, by the time uh, we had our first sort of uh, Corona era swap cast at episode 10, referring to Barking's favourite uh, wrestling fan, uh, the one and only Liam Stevens. Liam, welcome. Uh, hello. Hello. I'm a bit like Ikea. I started, started building over these start months. It's like, you just lost the package and it's just me. I'm just sitting in the corner going, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to be packed up. Um, yeah. That I'm makes sense. Balls, but fuck <laughs> it. No, no. <laughs> so uh, how are you lads been this week? Um, oh, well, unfortunately, I got furloughed. Oh blimey! Is that a hurdle? Oh, it's oh a, no, it's for oh, furlong. Oh, furlong. <laughs> furlong. Yeah, sorry. Furlong. Uh, furlong. It, no, but basically, in, in sort of brief, it's more because um, the place that provides the work for us it started to dry started to dry up and they're not open so unfortunately they can't keep everybody on so as a, as, I think there's a fair chunk of us being furloughed anyway but then there's another four including myself that went uh, Wednesday I believe it was yeah so uh, yeah unfortunately that that's the case but in you know trying to look at it positively just trying to get a bit more fresh air and a bit more exercise in I can I'm up for more uh, podcasting opportunities. So, yeah, just try and look at it as a bit of an opportunity for myself. I mean, I was hoping, to, I was going to book a couple of days off anyway, because I have been feeling rough for the last couple of weeks anyway. So, I'm just using the, ra- re- the rest and relaxation to my advantage right now. Uh, but hopefully, with any luck, uh, I can get back into work. We'll start work again fairly soon. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing. You've got to look at the silver lining in a lot of things and... Uh... Yeah, I mean it sucks obviously about uh, being furloughed, but I mean at least you're looking on the you know at the positive side of things, and, and uh, sometimes that's what you've got to do in a situation. Otherwise, if you just dwell on it, it can really get you down. How about you, Liam? How have you been this week? Uh, I've been alright because you and you and did say about like he's going to be furloughed, and my brain went into horse racing terms. So it's like, all oh, right, so you, you, you're going for a furlough, a furlong? What? No. There's not eight but, yeah, furloughs okay. in a mile. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> say that. Now, Liam, we're not being taken around the back of shot. <laughs> not yet. You're not making it to glue. Jesus, it's not the Grand National, there. lads. Yeah. <laughs> the, fur- the furlough Grand National, yeah? Here comes you around the corner. Oh, he's going. He's going. Oh, he's got a leg injury. Right, that's glue. Um. <laughs> oh, don't with high fucking knees as well. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I don't know how on earth this turned into horse racing chat all of a sudden, but uh, that's sometimes yeah. what happens on the Swapcast. We kind of go into rabbit holes, in and out of rabbit holes and uh, and the like, and uh, that's certainly been the case. So, uh, obviously, apart from uh, swatting up on your horse racing jargon, Liam, uh, what else have you been up to? Oh, well, having to do my first interview via Zoom, Instead of just like just having a fuck about on Zoom, with like 
job opportunities coming up and stuff like that. But it's just like, oh, we do Zoom, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> right, let's click the meeting. Right, I'll just sit there. But the fact that is, I had to, the person taking the Zoom call had to send me a message to tell me to unmute myself. And I'm like, great. I'm like, lucky I didn't do, do the sort of thing, turn myself into a fucking potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing about Zoom. It's uh, certainly handy. I mean, uh, we've had a couple of team meetings myself at work, in, you know, with using that particular app. I think we've got like a different app. With... Hello? The view uh, results and stuff. In rec- are you there, Ewan? I'm there, yeah. Yeah. Just, it, it just sound it, it sounded like you you mentioned zoom and, and like skype and that went no no no, no <laughs> you can't forget about us <laughs> oh skype has been yeah skype has uh you know it's a means to an end isn't it for us uh podcasters uh you know but uh there are times when it's been absolutely toilet i mean last week's episode was certainly a testament to that especially on my end he just, he oh, just yeah. wanted you to stop talking Fuck you, Skype. You can't. You can't shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, it's been a fun week for me personally. Uh, in regards to work, I mean, it's just been an utter slog. But uh, I mean, uh, I've had a, a fair bit of wrestling and uh, watched a bit of F1 as well. This, you know, we'll probably get into that a tiny bit later on. But uh, yeah, it's been a busy week for me. But uh, yeah, let's uh, get on with uh, the first topic this week on the Swapcast. And uh, I know that uh, the first thing actually to mention before we uh, get started actually was uh, we've had some complaints from the neighbours in regards to the length of these Swapcasts. So we'll try and keep it uh, a little bit uh, leaner this week. Uh, So I think Yuan's actually uh, jotted down a couple of topics that we'll talk about. And uh, I'm sure if we uh, stick to those, we'll... uh, We'll get there uh, in slightly uh, leaner time, as it were. Fair luck. Um, well, I thought first in the chat, but it's not racing again, but uh, it's just a follow-up on what's happening with the Black Lives Matter movement and um, all the protests that's happened this past week, including that um, statue of the slave trader being thrown into the river. Is it in Bristol, I believe? I believe it yes. was... Yeah, a horse got injured, didn't he? Goodness oh. me. I mean, the, the thing about this this um, particular story is that it's just constantly evolving to the point where a lot of times it's actually uh, managed to uh, completely overshadow the whole coronavirus thing, which uh, I'll be honest with you, after nearly three months in lockdown, is somewhat of a breath of fresh air to me, in all fairness. It's... Uh, it's really strange to say that, but uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff has uh, has happened really. Uh, to like, sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming in regards to uh, exactly what has happened. But uh, I mean, you you pick up the the headlines and stuff like that. For example, you know, shit statues being thrown into the har- into harbors and stuff like that, and uh, uh, horses and you know getting fucking injured and stuff like that, and you know. I mean, it's amazing that uh, a lot of people just do their heads just don't explode with uh, this kind of stuff. But uh, man, I mean, you and you obviously you you're you're able to sort of uh, follow the news a little bit more, uh, I suppose, proactively than myself because I'm bit, I'm lazy when it comes to 
watching the news in general and uh, I, I really feel that I should really pull my socks up. I mean, we can all pull our socks up in regards to, uh, you know, educating ourselves about what's going on in the big wide world and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. Um, well, I feel I'm like... sure I had a point. <laughs> I completely tailed off there. I just feel like what's going on. Like, I don't try and tend to follow news, but, but at the moment you're having to. You're having to kind of see what the whole, everything's going on. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and I just saw this and I was like, okay. And I think that sort of led to the discussion now of like what statues should be taken down and, you know, what people did in the past. And obviously the guy got thrown into the river and he's, you know, everything's about him based, he made his fortune and his fame based on slave trading. And yeah, he shouldn't be up. But I just want to get to a point that JP said on the Grapple podcast was saying about, you know, if these statues immortalizing people around in the street, you know, why shouldn't they be in a museum? What's the point of a museum then? And the same, and I didn't agree about obviously what's happening in Germany. Obviously, I've been a couple of times myself. Have you two ever been? Uh, no, I've never no. been to Germany. Well, I think Germany's a kind of country. Obviously, what happened in the past in the World War, that was awful. But I think what's progressed to Germany is, you know, there are museums and things like that. And, they, you know, they will say, all right, this is our world war. We're ashamed of it, but this is actually what happened. And we're going to admit to it. So that's kind of a progressive view to look at it. We're not, you know, and with this country, again, it just goes back to the whole okay, two world wars, world yeah, cup yeah. mentality we were talking about the other week. The fact we try and cover up our heroes and we try and, you know, immortalise people and I think sometimes we've done some pretty awful things in the country and I feel it'd be beneficial especially for the younger generation to learn about this much going talking about obviously Black Lives Matter last week and say there's not enough even like when I was at school I don't think there was enough like great teaching of like you know slavery and racial injustice over the years it's stuff you have to learn yourself I am still learning, if, if anything. Obviously, I know it's bad, but it's worth educating yourself and worth reading up about things. Um, but, yeah, and it's, you know, I See, think... You know, the, yeah, the weird just, thing there, there Yuan, is that you mentioned this, but I used to have this uh, thing when... The, OK, so I'm a little older than Yuan by a considerable distance. I remember in the late 90s being taught, um, like, PSHE, so that was what personal social health education or some shit like that they would teach you some really interesting stuff about like tolerance and uh, and uh, you know why you should basically shouldn't be a racist prick and stuff like that I, obviously you know in very 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 broad strokes you know this was the 90s after all and uh, but uh, it still feels to me that that's miles better than what the current generation of children are getting as far as an education into this kind of thing is concerned it's it's actually quite sad in a weird way that uh you know i mean, I mean obviously let's be fair in the uh in doing 20 years you know you could argue that uh children are just seen as uh you know people who you know they're barely seen as people they're, they're just seen as uh you know what can we do to increase our exam percentages and stuff like that you know as far as the schools are concerned and uh yeah they, they seem almost more like commodities than they are children which is uh you know, fucking shocking, quite frankly. But that's another story. I'm, uh, I'm kind of rambling. I'm sure. No, I, I agree with you. And yeah, just would have thought. Hopefully, 
this kind of stuff gets taught in schools, you know, and that enough young people are able to uh, educate themselves about what's going on. And obviously, if you're an adult, still educate yourself. Don't be ignorant to it. And, you know, it's just been horrible to see the amount of kind of, you know, racial things. And thankfully, I think on my Facebook and stuff like that, I've not seen anything that or anyone particularly being horribly racist. But uh, I've known those people existed. I've been... I knew those people at one point, but yeah, just it, it's hor- it's horrible, and I think yeah, this whole protest as well. I just want to go on to them because I know um, was it last week? I believe it was actually before we started recording the podcast that I was said to be apparently it might be a riot down Lewisham. It's like right, why's well, it got to be a riot now? Because as I see it, right, you know, the whole this whole everything started with George Floyd and it started with a violent act. Are we saying violent do you combat violence with more violence? Is what I'm wondering. Just because I I just don't think that's the right approach. I feel people should be peacefully protesting and signing petitions and trying to start moving that way. Violence doesn't cause anything. And it's like it might have been the London riots like but ten years ago maybe I think it was about that around that time but we had the London riots in London and um, the London riots was twenty eleven that was it yeah and it's just like that never that I think was I think that was for a point and it, again it was just vandalism for the sake of vandalism and I think myself people should just be smart with their protesting rights and you know just I think I think people just need to make a difference maybe for spoke, spoken words and actions rather than actually causing more violence because of it. But nobody else has got to die or has got to be injured or seriously hurt because of, you know, what's going on in the world. And I know it sounds horrible, but let me just sort of phrase it, because obviously all of us here, and we spoke about it last week, are behind everybody, behind the Black Lives Matter. We're very pro that. But I'm just thinking, I don't, I just don't think violence should cause more violence. That That's just me, though. Of horror, but where is that wrong? Then I'm sorry, but that's just the best way I could describe it. And I'm sure, like, um, probably no, I mean, it's sometimes uh, it feels like it's not impossible to uh phrase that kind of thing eloquently, but you know, at least the uh, I suppose the intention is there. The um, you know, you, you, you try, you're trying to get your message across in an eloquent way, and it can be difficult to do so. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll f- what we'll do though is we'll leave the, uh, the link to the Black Lives Matter website in the description for this episode as well. So like, anybody who's not read read up on that yet, you've got all your resources there. You can read up on or donate if you can or sign up to petitions like we mentioned last week. Everything uh, carries on. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I, I saw it very well put on Twitter, actually. Uh, I can't remember exactly who... Uh, tweeted this but uh, it was something that uh, stood out quite uh, uh, quite well actually I mean thinking about the whole you know Black Lives Matter move you know thing it's not a moment it's a movement and uh, I think that really just drums the whole point home you know it's not a one-time change and it's not a you know one moment change which you know you know will get you likes and stuff on social media it's something which you know needs to it needs to be the driving force behind change that takes place, um, you know, for the long term, for the long haul, as it were. And uh, you know, it, you know, it's a it's a great way to cut to sort of put the you know the proverbial ribbon on it, 
for those who are aren't you know who you know and again I'm not exactly being 100% eloquent myself uh, but uh, it's a great way to put a ribbon on it as far as people who maybe aren't too sure as to you know maybe just like <laughs> the, uh, the the short sharp commands that were you know it makes sense to me anyway and uh, rightfully so uh, I was going to say, lads, uh, any uh, <laughs> other thoughts on this before we uh, move on? Well, just... like... so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, with, like, with Dave saying, like you were saying about like the statues and stuff like that, the, the newest one is the one that's, I can say, is ne- nearest to Dave on West India Quay. And it's like, oh, we've got to take that statue down. I think it, it was outside the Museum of Docklands. And I'm thinking, uh, this generation going on about going, We've heard about that person. That statue must be there glorifying what he did. I'm thinking, probably not. It's probably, glor- it's probably saying what he did pre- in his one line of work. But if you leave a statue up there, you not, don't need to deface it or cut it down or whatever. You can just say, this person here, yes, he may be in- influential in the biz- like the business section or the steelworks or whatever, but he also had a had had a hand in slavery which is bad that's all you need to do but obviously people are going oh that statue better not be there and i'm thinking you're just going to take take down every piece of bit of statues and what should we just put put a flower there and go oh what used to be there is is, what's growing there now is just is a thing of beauty thinking no i understand where you're coming from i mean if you can't have like contentious bits of history floating around on this earth then uh, how on earth can you not learn from the mistakes that it obviously represents it's a tough yeah, what, one what, uh, to be honest see i understand the oh. you know the motive behind you know taking these statues down i mean why should the these figures who uh, you know maybe were divisive in their time as well uh why should they be venerated in that way um, I mean, there are obviously examples of maybe having these uh, statues also replaced by slightly more uh, appropriate um, icons as well. You know, wrecked statues of like, you know, I'm trying to I, again, I, I'm drawing a blank entirely on, uh, you know, who you would put up there in, uh, you know, in place. But uh, I mean, I mean, there was um, what was it, a statue of Churchill that got um defaced as well but uh, mm. remembering you know to say the very least he was one of the most divisive figures in you know british politics yes he was uh, our prime minister during the second world war and uh, you know to be fair you know did did a decent job but on the flip side of it he was even in his day one of the most divisive controversial figures of his day and I think the thing is, you know, you've got to with historical figures, you've got to learn about the bad side, the dark side of these people, as well as the good things that they did do. And, you know, go, go, you know, and, you know, see what these, you know, what made these people take warts and all, you know, um, you know, you can't excuse the evil shit that they did. But, at the, you know, if they did sort of bring somewhat of a minute contribution to the world in a positive way then that obviously needs to be acknowledged you know definitely but i'm rambling of course it's which been, i tend to do basically there's no light without dark and as i said made the point about germany and obviously i've been a couple of times i've been in cologne 
um, as well as Oberhausen. And I just think with, with people like this and the statues of this, if it's going to be anywhere, be in a museum, have plaques and explain who they are, and actually, actually, you know, be it be ashamed of some of our history, and actually, instead of glorifying how great we are as a country, maybe actually say, no, we've got issues, and these are the issues we've had over the years. And, you know, and to say, to educate people, I think that's that's what we can yeah. do. Uh, that's that that's that, that's that's a perfectly good point as well you know why should history just consist of all the good stuff why can't it consist of all you know the good stuff and also the bad stuff you know if you think of like the um if you think of like the planet as basically you know a you know balanced uh, thing as it were a balanced entity as it were it makes sense that with everything that happens, that's, you know, that's good. There's bound to be something that happens that's bad. It's the old, um, what's the word? You know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You know, it's it's a very, you know, it's a very much a sledgehammer to crack open a nut kind of argument. But it makes sense that you know, for all the good history that you know people get educated on in schools and you know the like, why why shouldn't you know, it, it just seems silly to me that, you know, all the bad stuff should be just swept under the carpet. You know, it's it's just bullshit, quite frankly, you know. And it, it also deprives, you know, these kids of, uh, you know, just the, the ability to make their make judgments. You know, you wonder why critical thinking is kind of in the toilet. You know, it's probably as a result of all this, you know, what, you know, and back to Yuan's point, you know, especially in in the uk we get taught the whole fucking two world wars one world cup bullshit from a very early age and it's uh it just doesn't seem conducive to a to a thriving society to say the least you know you you should learn your history warts and all good and bad quite frankly exactly yeah nailed it <laughs> go on. We got nailed it. it you know the universe is now balanced because of me <laughs> Sorry to toot my own horn, but uh, shall we move on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, does any of you watch NXT Takeover in your house? I mean, I haven't I... watched it yet. Oh, this thing. I'm I sure was going to say Liam I, I might was... be a good uh, candidate for this. Well, staying staying up watching it, probably oh, you not. have watched it. I have watched it though. Oh, you've watched the whole thing. I have. Ooh. Because we're kind of relying on you for like a review then in that case. So oh, I've, 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 I've seen highlights, yeah. so obviously. Okay. And people, people should know the results, as it's now. I, yeah, I, I've seen, I've seen the. Um, again, like you, I've seen highlights of it, and. Oh I mean, no, I just, stayed up just... for the first two matches, and then like just my my body just shut down. Okay, so what are your thoughts it, on I'm those watching... matches? The women's tag match was brilliant. Mhm. Have, like have, have seen Shotzi, Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Miriam, Miriam, uh, and, oh, oh, Raquel oh, Gonzalez. Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they put on a good, they put on a good show. Plus, it also <laughs> wheelhoused into like the other storyline that Miriam and. Candice Lorraine have got with the possessive husband slash boyfriends mm. fight, face, face each other in the thing. 
by the end of the match. It, I, I, it I just got this flash memory of like because um, obviously on the Swapcast many moons ago we had this segment called Fantasty Booking. The, the only reason we didn't do the last segment is because it ended in a dead heat. And uh, I was going to either book a super silly style, like comedy style tournament or a Mr. and Mrs. tournament. Yeah, <laughs> I've just seen uh, you know results of what happened yesterday. And I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ, that's that, 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 like that's a semi-final or some up. shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, yes, uh, uh, but yeah, by the end I'm, of the match, it turned into a normal tag match because Mia Yim yeah. and Candice Ray went to the back, so that was worked. Dame, yeah. Damien Priest, Finn Balor was very good from mm. what it was. Damien Priest just wants to throw himself at, off everything. It's like he fell off the top rope into like just the, the ring, the, the bottom part of the ring stairs, and I was like, mate, your back must be fucked. Jesus. I'm thinking, and he's no I'm spring chicken either. He's like 38 years old as well. Well, that's the thing. He's I doing. He's, he's been around. He's only. He's been around for a while. And people forget yeah, punishment, that. Punishment, punishment. Martinez in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm mm. thinking it's like his cage match, and he like started in 04. He's been around the block. So that's two yeah. matches I can Liam. remember because normally you watch. Watch it on, watch it on a stream. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I can stay up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your body mm. kicks off, and then when I woke up, and it had somehow switched over to NCIS or Law and Order, and I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> I have no clue why the hell that's that's the case. <laughs> because when I watch it, I, I watch it online, just to, to, so it's on American time. Yeah. What was I watching it? No, I was watching it on the well, that's that's sorry. That's that's normally Monday Night Raws or fucking SmackDown. It's like, right, because right. they don't show it live and we haven't got BT Sport. It's like, right, pick an American stream and it's like, okay, yeah. it's like, oh, this is now NCIS. I'm wake up going, when did Finn Balor get in a relationship with the person from Law and Order? Fuck. <laughs> it's like you, you, it's it moulded into what? Okay, are they doing a really? Yeah. Is this, a, this is the Brizango files again. Oh, but Jesus. yeah, so I've seen highlight. I've seen highlights of. Uh, so you Keith haven't Lee, seen any highlights Morgano. have you seen any highlights of the other matches on the card oh yeah but the parking lot brawl or back lot brawl back lot brawl back lot brawl yes I managed to watch that before I could say raw or yeah raw on Monday mm-hmm. I thought I'll oh, let me oh, just right. watch this before watching raw and I was like this is weird but fun mm. It would have been nicer if there's more lights on on the backstage bit, but you, you, you can get get what you're given, like cars parked around a wrestling ring with their, their full beams on. I'm thinking yeah. they must be really running out of their batteries. But yeah, so right, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. Really, really really well. <laughs> no one's using their sig- no one's using their um, plug-in cigarette lighter in their cars, otherwise it that would drain <laughs> the battery as well. Um, well, the strange yeah, thing so, is you can use a cigarette lighter thing in your car to like fucking power shit like a barbecue or some shit like that. I'm sure I saw that one time many moons ago. Yes. Jesus Christ. Uh, what about the well, other yeah, matches? That was a good match. Um, Karrion Cross versus Tomasa Champa. That looked that looked really well. As in, like, I thought Champa was going to go newcomer, put him under, get rid of him, but mm. Karrion Cross comes across as a big monster bloke and it's like okay they're going to use utilize him properly in 
a wrestling company rather than impact where it was just it just seemed really weird mm. but he was killer cross and it was like oh, i'm a hitman it's like mate you just look like low key's grown a couple more inches <laughs> okay um and but I think the, the, just, match. so what about the two title matches because you've got north american title match you haven't talked about oh no, no. keith lee johnny gargano was a good good match uh-huh and, and then, then like, the main event keith, but the main event that 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 looked really good mm. like eo shirai just doing everything she can and using the set and actually you got you got to give her give her um the, the cuspers or the balls and whatever for going through a window in the set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, at least we get at least we haven't got Charlotte Flair as champion now. So. Yeah, I think I mentioned this um to you off air that uh, this felt. I mean, I I, 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 did, I, did I mean, it, it, it just felt to oh. me. Okay, so how I would th- phrase it is that Charlotte Flair almost came, came across to me as almost like a bit of a MacGuffin, a red herring kind of champion. Um, yeah. I think the, the problem is they've spread her way too thin uh, across WWE in general, which, uh, you know, doesn't do her any favors. Uh, and, you know, because if you're a wrestler that's o- overexposed in WWE, it may as well just be the kiss of death sometimes. Um, I mean, just uh, obviously I've, I, I, I mean, I'd love to see this card, uh, you know, if I do get my ass in gear and actually do so, then uh, I mean, I would gravitate toward the the, uh, the women's tag team match, which seems like a solid opener. Um, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, to me on paper, is not my cup of tea necessarily. Um, but, you know, I trust your instincts if you say yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I think Apparently that's what people yeah oh, the, the, oh right the, okay the so yeah it's brilliant again as mentioned with you know technical difficulties can be an absolute pain in the arse on skype anyway uh, i mean north american See, out, title match out of the six i mean it's women got, I've met it's got, i mean it's got one of, of you and favorites in there and uh you know i don't know what his feelings are about johnny gargano but uh i mean yeah i mean so keith lee johnny gargano sounds like a a really good matchup as well. Um, hopefully it doesn't go into forced epic territory, which I know most uh, people talk about a Gargano match. It gets into forced epic territory sometimes. Um, let's yeah, see. Well. well, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Liam, um, backlot brawl. I know uh, that's kind of a mixed bag. I think, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of people say it was really good. And a lot of people say that it was not, great at all like obviously being one of the quote-unquote cinematic matches uh that wwe have done in this era it seems like it was uh maybe a flop for some people um i don't know because it's a cinematic match i might give that a watch carrying cross versus tomaso champ i love what they're doing with carrying cross and with scarlet i I think that you know they're, they're they're using them to their you know not to to as full potential as they can you know for some you know, for, for an act starting out and, you know, someone like Champa, you know, he, he's game for anything, you know, he's game. He was game for like all those forced epics with Johnny Gargano, for fuck's sake, you know? So, um, you know, that looks like it could be interesting to watch, but you know, the match that peaks me the most, obviously is the main event. Um, again, I do question what 
Rhea Ripley's done, to be honest, to uh, go from, you know, basically the hot act uh, on the NXT women's division uh, coming into WrestleMania to where she's eating the fall in the main events of this takeover. Yeah, I mean... That seems a bit ominous as far as she's concerned. I'm thrilled to bits, though, that Io Shirai is finally a champion in uh, in NXT. So, um, so I suppose for all the uh, the doom and gloom, I suppose I'm thinking of in regards to Rhea, I'm so thrilled that Io is the champion now. I mean, that's, you know, considering I saw, you know, I, and I've talked about it a couple of weeks ago on here, you know, seeing her in front of what – 200 people in a shitty little tram shed in South London. Um, <laughs> you know, literally one of the best uh, Joshi on the planet Earth. Fucking hell. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just super chuffed that she's a champion. Um, so, yeah, TakeOver looks like it was uh, pretty decent um, overall. You know, I know some things not to everyone's taste, but uh, yeah. that seems like it could be more a bit of a thumb you know bit of an orange Cassidy style thumbs up <laughs> all right so um w- let's move on to the next topic um Yuan, do you have that on uh on the docket is it um well you've been watching a bit of gato move recently haven't you dave did you want to yeah, report what's going on in the chocolate square yeah i'm just gonna say i'm not the only one that's been watching gato move because uh I know that uh, the interest was peaked uh, in regards to a match on Choco Pro 19, which took place on the uh, on the um, I can't fucking remember. Uh, that's because I haven't Friday, got the tab up. There we go. It happened on the fifth of June. It was on the fifth of June. Yes, indeed. Um, so literally the day after we recorded last week's episode. Um, yes, yeah, so Choco Pro 19 um, on Friday. Antonio Honda over Mitsuru Kono in the opener. Omisakura and Yuna Mizumori over Balinaki and Tokiko Kirihara. And the main event, do you remember what the main event was, lads? Yeah, it was uh, yeah. Chris Brooks against Mesa Ruga. Now, I mention this because both of you actually watched that. Did you watch the whole show or just that particular match? Just, just the match, personally. Okay, um, we can quickly talk about this match starting with okay so liam you obviously so you watched this uh, as well didn't you yes okay so tell just tell me you know i mean firstly have you watched much in the way of gato move in general that's the thing i've subscribed to it because mm-hmm. it's like it pops up now and again it's like balianaki is like from what i remember from him when dan reed said oh he was he was coming over Mm. And he was like one of these wrestlers from Pakistan. I, I get a frame request. I'm like, who's Balianaki? And I thought, mm. well, let me just, his friend's Dan Reed, realising this is the wrestler. And he, he just automatically started, like, befriended me on Facebook. I went, okay. <laughs> and I was like, I, I need, when he, was, he was coming over for a tour. And it was like, you think he was going to get to see, see him wrestle. But we, we never did. Yeah, I think we mentioned myself and you, and may even mention this, but um, Aki came over to the UK. When was it? Uh, what October of last year? It was September. Actually. September. That was it. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, around that time. And I think the only time I saw him wrestle was at 
uh, an attack show at the Dome, uh, and he was in a scramble match. He was he, he did well, but it was a scramble match, and so you couldn't really tell what he was p- truly capable of. Yeah. And then I think he didn't he wrestle on a Schadengrab show, an early Schadengrab show. He did, yeah. Well, I think November, I believe it was actually. Um, yeah, because he, he, he would have been over for um, uh, She One weekend. Yeah, I'm pre- by the way, I'm pretty sure you missed that attack show. Sorry? The other attack show you just mentioned, I believe you missed it. I didn't. Uh, you I missed didn't. it. I, I didn't. I'm pretty I sure I was there. You, no, maybe you weren't, because I remember... Was, oh, it, I wasn't was, it, there. was it the next show that I wasn't at? No, uh, you was you basically it was every dome show that year apart from October because you couldn't get out for work yeah, earlier. You mentioned he was over in September. Yeah, I was out in September. Yeah, but that attack oh, show was in October. Do I have to look at this up? Yeah, <laughs> you obviously you weren't there because remember where we're normally sat on the uh, right hand side, I gaffing and wavy. I was sat somewhere different that one oh. occasion. Okay, let's, let's let's pull this up. Let's uh, see what we're at. So, that, so I know uh, me and Dave missed one together. Yeah, that was the October one. Uh-huh. Sorry to derail the chat. Just... Are you sure it was October? Yeah, I'm sure October. It was October. Okay, let, 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 let's let's. Okay, so uh, let's see. Come on. Oh, goodness me. It, it doesn't help that. Uh, oh, okay. Um. Right, so the main event of that attack show was the Cabal versus More Than Hype. That was it. I remember you missed it. You're right. You yeah. I, I, yeah. How the fuck did I not realise? Yeah, because yeah, uh, the six-way oh, scramble was Joe Nelson, Balianaki, Elijah, Gene Money, Curtis Chapman and Mike Bird. Yeah, because I remember telling you're, you that Aki... Yes, you're Aki right. Get, yes. Aki didn't really get that much of a reaction. He was good in the match, but it weren't like... At the time, yeah. everyone was on. No, I remember now because I, no, I, I remember the story now. I was the one who actually told you about him. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I've, I've, same as saying though, I did see Dan Reed's post, and that was kind of the thing. I was like, yeah. no, it weren't. Until, yeah, ironically, I don't think it was until Aki went back to Japan that I actually discovered yeah. more about him because that's when I started watching more Gata Move. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't realise that. I, it's funny because I legitimately thought I'd seen him live, and I hadn't. Wow. You missed out on him. Talk about the, yeah, talk about the one who got away. Mm. You were Mackenzie with the facts. <laughs> obviously, obviously, <laughs> we would have seen him referee the um, Mesa Lulu pencil match from uh, Show Four of uh, She One, which uh, has just come up on YouTube in the last couple of days. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's interesting, actually. Uh, okay, so, Liam, going back to your uh, – to your, uh, to, I know we, we go down so many rabbit holes, it's actually a joke, quite it's frankly. Season. Um, duck season. I thought it was duck season. I was, uh, I was horribly misinformed. It's, it's that picture. You can see a duck and a rabbit at the same time. Yeah. A duck yeah, and so, a rabbit. Yeah, bang, bang. yeah, yeah, so um, – so obviously you are familiar a little bit about uh, you know um of oh, so cause, cause, so pro- okay you, so the, yeah, uh, I think the, the point was yeah I was gonna say Liam the point was you have watched a little bit of Gatto Move I suppose 
Oh yeah, but, it's just something to put okay. in. Like, I'm not going to understand Japanese like anyone. But they're talking I mean, to the camera. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. I've mentioned but this to you. Right? speaks perfect English, so it's like yes, he's translated. Right, yeah. like, right, cool. I understand what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's actually. I mean, to be fair, that's actually a pretty good sort of entry level into uh, Japanese wrestling in general. If you can, if there's a wrestler that's on a card that can speak English on a Japanese show, there's a high likelihood you'll be able to engage in that particular promotion. Um, I mean, I've noticed that personally with myself it's not got it's got what got me into noah and like with uh zach saver jr got me into new japan with prince david uh hack mm. with dragon guy you know it yeah just, i think because you want to follow our guys as such and then from there that, you kind of you need someone to introduce no, I understand. you basically i understand yeah no but i, th- I think but, i think in this era I, I think what i'm driving at the the, the point i'm driving at is that uh if for example there's english commentary that's a very good example of that yeah okay I, I get that as well i think that's a better yeah. introduction although i think when i was younger i kind of i think with the language barrier always used to sort of bother me when i was trying to watch it but now it doesn't bother me at all because I just, yeah. I, I just focus on the wrestling yeah i think yeah but, i was gonna say i was gonna say you do you also find that in in japan some of the stories come across as relatively universal and seeing oh, yeah. you could sort of look past the the uh, Japanese language and understand in a way what they're trying to convey um, in 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 the the context of the story or indeed a match. Oh yeah, um, the movie is a tag match. We'll talk about in a bit that has that displays that exactly. But yeah, I think if a wrestling's universal and a story that people can easily understand, um, well, by whether it's you know told actually told language or like body language um then i think yeah it is universal and i think especially in japan because it of how sort of westernized it's become over the last couple of years how many western fans japanese wrestling has as well yeah i think that's definitely a very good point especially you know with the the number of eyes that like new japan have gotten over the last decade uh, from the you know western oh, yeah, fans you know they're, they're, they're a great example well, lads, we, should, we should mention i forgot i completely forgot to put that put it down but that new japan's returning oh jesus yeah yeah um we can talk about that actually after we've talked about the uh these shows um yeah. i mean yeah, yeah I mean, just just remind me in about uh yeah just remind me and uh we'll uh we'll do that definitely but that's a definitely a huge news topic uh worth talking about we'll do that later on um Back to this, uh, so back to this uh, matchup between Chris Brooks and Mace Aruga from Choco Pro 19. Um, I mean, I think it's got to go down there as one the fight, one of the better matches of uh, the Choco Pro era, uh, quite frankly. And I say this is someone who's watched these shows since show one, um, and oh, they've been really. I mean, this was a really engaging, really physical matchup. I mean, what did you lads think? I mean, I finally sort of dipped in and out with the Scamu stuff. But I think obviously with Brooks and May was a match I especially wanted to see since uh, seeing May at She won last year and I was thinking her and Brooks would be a good combo. And I think seeing it finally come to life I think was brilliant. And I, I love Brooks's sarcasm even in his promo beforehand that he's trying to be a better person. <laughs> but just the way he tells yeah. the way the way he speaks it is, <laughs> you can tell it's not genuine. 
I just as well, Brooks's wrestling, the actual li- liquid wrestling, the way he transitions holds and the pinfalls, it's it's become even better since he's been in Japan. So I think that's a real improvement there. And I think yeah, Brooks as this, uh, when he plays Dickhead here, we'll get genuinely more against female wrestlers. Just make put some more over and make Saroga look like a star here against Brooks and the way she was able to work around his height and things like that. And um, obviously like. Brooks putting May on that crane and pushing her across. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I mean, do you? Do, I mean, do you want to talk about that very quickly? Because Jesus Christ, that legitimately that, is one of the most cringeworthy things to ever occur at Itchy Guy Chocolate Square. I wouldn't say cringeworthy. It was just no, no, no. Not not in, the, not in a. It was a bad spot kind of way. But in how May sold it. Like, oh, yeah. Jesus, it, you legitimately thought that she, no, that she was just can, you know, cannon fodder for Brooks after that. It was, <laughs> it was actually quite, yeah, it was, I genuinely was like, holy shit. What happened? <laughs> did, did, did Brooks just literally break her in half? It was, <laughs> yeah, it looked, I think it looked a lot more savage than it probably was. You know, but uh, say, holy think, shit, that's definitely a moment. As I said, I think these two are just made to wrestle each other. And I think just the chemistry here they've had in the singles match was just absolutely brilliant. I was laughing. I was genuinely on the edge of my seat watching it. And I think, well, good thing as well. I, I mean, I'll talk about it a little bit a bit, but I finished watching a brand match as well. So I was in a bit of a bad mood. So I needed something to lift me up. Oh, and this, fucking uh, hell. But, why, would you, yeah. why would you subject yourself to that fucking horse shit? It, Jesus uh, I'll, Christ! I'll explain in a minute when we talk about what else we've been watching. There's a reason for it. To be fair, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest match. with you. I can think of better things to do than watch a brand match. You know, putting your testicles in a mincer probably seems high up on that list. Holy shit! Um, <laughs> Liam, well, what were your uh, thoughts on this? Uh, okay, so Liam, um, are you still there? Yeah, I'm good. Good. Um, yeah, because what were your thoughts on this matchup? Because obviously, you know, you've dealt, you know, like like you, Anne, you've kind of dipped into Gado move occasionally. Um, mm. What were your thoughts on this match? I really enjoyed it. It's just the fact that they they played off his height. It's the fact that she puts it puts him in a puts him in a hole, and he's like, "Well, my legs touching the wall." She's like, "Ah, yeah." She I was actually say- she actually moved the mat. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to get to that point exactly. And it was just such, it was actually a little stroke of genius, which makes me love Gato move all the more, you know, just, just simple stuff like that. It doesn't, you know, it's not reinventing the wheel, but a simple thing like that, just, it, it adds so much. It enhances the match so much more. I mean, think about this, right? Brooks is my, like just a little taller than me. I'm six, three. He's what? Six, four. Probably six yeah, five at stretch. I'm six four, so I think he's about six five, six six, possibly. He's quite tall. Cage match has him down to six four, but I would say maybe the higher end of that, maybe six yeah. five. So you put him up against someone who's four, like, like Mesa who's four foot ten. You, the diff, the height difference there is just exaggerated to uh, a point where it's like it feels like a true David versus Goliath battle. And that's what I love about you know you know that kind of that kind of battle as well you know can the uh, can the um the smaller wrestler overcome this giant as it were and uh, yeah it was, again 
a very simple almost universal story was told in this as well um i mean sorry do you have any other th- other thoughts in regards to the match well, i just like to watch it like they're opening it to the windows and realizing that you open the windows you're out onto the outside so it's the yeah, fact that I mean, while they were wrestling, it was how, night time. That's legitimately how small Ichigai Chocolate Square is. I didn't realise this until the Choco Pro era of shows there. But literally, you go out those windows and it's like an alleyway. <laughs> it's a tiny venue. It's such a but that's what that's that adds to the charm. That adds to the charm for me. It's such a well, just, small, just, intimate just, venue. Just remembering, like watching other shows there. Where they used to have all the people and the people just stand outside the window. I thought, oh right, that's just a different part of the set. Didn't realise it's an alleyway they're standing there watching. Yeah, that's great. That's the incredible that, yeah. to think that to be honest. Having, having Chris Brooks's face on a basketball as well. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Oh, uh, just simple stuff like that. Just you know, makes me love that fucking promotion. So Dave, I do have some criticism though. Of course. You know, I, find, you know I, I, loved, I thought really enjoyed the match. I thought it was really fun. But I think the camera work really, really just, I think it was a bit disorientating, if anything, because of, mm. it is obviously handheld. But it's, it's not even like handheld because it's tracking. And I feel with what they're doing, they should just maybe put on a tripod, probably have more of a fixed hard camera. So I mm. think that would, that would suit. And obviously, it was it was actually that goes out and they can't capture on the hard cam, which I think would be a bit impossible, obviously, with being such a small space, but then obviously you could take it off and then guide it around. But I found the, the actual film... I don't know, I understand where you're coming from. Dirty. And as well, yeah. like, um, just quickly mention about that, because I just watched the other Brooks match there with against Masuru, I think the name was. Oh, Mitsurikano at uh, Chaka Pro 21. I did watch that the other oh, day. No, not 21. Honest, uh, was that 21? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, the other I day. had. Yeah, and I had. To be honest with you, I had. Like, I had headphones, and I had to turn it down like significantly, just because mm. the comment, the commentator on top of it, like he shouts quite loudly. Yeah. Then you get, uh, then you get Brooks's opponent, and like she's screaming, and so it really, it really rails me up on like this for headphones. We had the base Ruger match I watched on the TV. But I feel, you know, get a move. I get, obviously, it's kind of like a DIY promotion, you know, make it, yeah, make yeah. it up to date. But I feel they just, I feel for distribution purposes and the way they want to present their product, maybe yeah. I'd say get a tripod in if they can and have a proper hard cam and maybe try and fix the audio issues as well in the tone. Because it's just, it's really, it's like, just for me, like, through headphones, it was really irritating. And... Yeah, I think that's just something I'd work on, personally. Do you share that kind of agreement with me? No, I see exactly where you're coming from. Uh, you have to realise that it is pretty much uh, a, uh, you know, just a spit and bailing wire kind of operation, to be fair. But, I mean, when yeah. you, I think when you realise that, you can kind of give it a somewhat of a buy. But at the same time, it's, you know, those are still issues which, you know, are glaringly there. Um I mean, that's something which, uh, you know, I personally try to put to one side, which I can do, you know, yeah, in all I, fairness. Yeah. But I, I can mean, understand I can why it would be a bit uh, irritating. I can do that as well, because at the end of the day, I'm a rare pro fan. But, um, <laughs> but 
It's just the shade, Mackenzie. So, the shade. But even so, it's just like, I, you know, I can't try on the wrestling, but sometimes just for the actual viewing experience can really put one off. No, uh, no. I, again, I understand. Um, but uh, I think, and also given the circumstances, again, I can kind of give that a bit of a pass. If it were like a full-blown show in maybe six months earlier, I probably would have a, a little bit of an issue with that, to be fair. Well, I don't but, understand. Uh, I don't understand that. So, um, the actual Gatta Move matches that we're doing with Crown T, they had a camera yeah. on a, They had a hard cam then. So why can't they, they have a hard cam now, I'm wondering? Well, they, they, well it's actually a handheld camera. But it's... Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think, well, yeah, it, it, I think it, because it's in a more or less a fixed space within the uh, venue, that yeah, may, yeah, there's sort of, yeah, I think it's because it feels almost like a hard camera. Whereas in this, uh, I think there's a little bit more freedom around the build, like, around the room, as it were. And, uh, you know, there are times when sometimes the shots can be a little bit uh, jerky at times. And, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, uh, uh, you know, it happens. Um, but uh, it's nowhere near as bad as some promotions I've seen in the, you know, in the past. Um, I mean, so, lads, what are your thoughts on the match in general? Just a thumbs up? Uh, yeah, thumbs up from me. Oh, yeah. Double thumbs up. Excellent. Um, also, something to bear in mind as well, uh, and I think I mentioned this uh, nearly a year ago, actually. Uh, does Chris Brooks still come across as probably the best male intergender wrestler on the planet's own today? Unquestionably. No, no one makes, no one like, I think wrestles women and like, treats them as equals as much as Brooks. I think you can't really, like Joey Ryan maybe years ago, but I think Brooks just seems to, I, it just seems to take that to the next level when you're just watching them as competitive matches. You're not watching them as other token intergender match and, yeah, Brooks is just—he's absolutely fantastic at that style, and he's famous wrestled so many different kinds of like women and uh, different styles over the years that he knows how to adapt his style for each kind. And uh, yeah, he just—he's absolutely the best intergender male wrestler in the world. Yeah, I mean, uh, and bearing in mind that what we're about six weeks away from the first anniversary of that, just that run of shows that he was on where he kind of proved that uh, to the maxim. The the Charlie Evans match at IWL. Uh, what was it? The, oh, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Fight Club Pro, the tag match, and then the, the match with Valkyrie at Sendai UK. Yeah, he just proved that in a three-day span last July and uh, coming up to the first anniversary of it as well. And, you know, looking at, you know, what he's done since... Oh, 100% Chris Brooks is probably the best intergender male wrestler uh, who can, you know, he, he, he knows how to put his female opponents over to where they, you, you, you mentioned it, you know, you almost forget it's an intergender match. It's just two wrestlers. In, and, and that's the best kind of intergender match in a way because you forget that it's a man and a woman. You, you see it as two wrestlers. Who's the best wrestler? And in this day and age, that's perfect, you know, quite frankly. Goes without saying. Um, yeah, so uh, shall I just uh, read these uh, results very quickly? Just uh, 
so we can move on to that bigger news topic that we uh, were going to mention. So um, that was from Ch- so the uh, Chris Brooks Mace Aruga matchup was from Choco Pro 19, uh, which took place on the fifth. Uh, Choco Pro 20 took place a couple of days later, I think, on the seventh of June. Um, just the two matches there: Mitsuru Kono over Tokiko Kirihara. 7.15, thanks cage match um, for uh, uh, pulling a gadge here and your main event was Emi Sakura and Yuna Mizumori over best bros Balianaki and Mesa Ruga in 15.45 and then uh, Choco Pro 21 uh, Antonio Honda over Tokiko Kirihara in 8.17 best bros over Emi Sakura and Yuna Mizumori in 13.09 and Brooks over Mitsuru Kono in 14.10 and that was on the 10th. Um, yeah, some very good stuff from Itchy Guy Chocolate Square. I mean, it uh, goes without saying it has its flaws, but I think that could be arguably part of the charm in regards to this promotion. Uh, it definitely comes across as a very much a little engine that could kind of promotion. Mm. Well, just before we go into the news article, Dave, uh, just another show that doesn't have any fans that's uh, making the best of what they can. WXW. Shotgun. Indeed, yes. Um, You talked about it, what was it, last week or the week before? Last last week, yeah. Indeed. Uh, um, So, yeah, you and you are our de facto European correspondent. Um, Let's uh, hear about uh, WXW. uh, Yeah, this week it it was a very good episode. I think the highlights mostly were Absolute Andy, who was having me cracking up with some of the stuff he was coming out with, because but it's, if he was in German or he was in English, because he can speak both languages, it's just he is so fucking hilarious. And the way some of the stuff he was coming off in the arguments, complained he weren't having a, he didn't have an assistant. The amount of emails he had coming through, and it's even like his announcement for the shotgun title tournament is saying, um, everybody have an important announcement: a bear, a stag, and a rabbit were once colluding. And so that's this really weird, like impressive story but it's so funny the way he comes across with it um and they kind of positioned him at the end of the episode as a possibly maybe having him with us bobby guns on one of these shotgun shows at some point because i think the original mm. plan before obviously went from went down was to do um andy skillet scotty davis and i think some and i think julian pace i think was the other guy against um like bobby's um stable which is called die which means the smoking break in german um nice <laughs> uh, but yeah it was i think that was the highlight uh match as far as matches go we had um leon van Gaster, gasterin who's kind of like the veteran of like they call him the catch legend so he's kind of many aspects to james mason possibly of wxw i mean he does he does a few more springboards than james mason uh it was him against norman harris <laughs> i think everyone does uh, to be fair <laughs> Uh, it was it was against norman harris which is a you know freestyle match it was nothing special but i think but I think what was weird is they built Leon uh, Von Gasterin up as, oh, he's getting a WX double. It was supposedly getting a title shot in Tampa before, obviously, everything went down. But that could cancel. She thought, oh, he's on the redemption story. Maybe they'll actually doing him and Bobby on shotgun and Norm beat him. But I'll tell you what, no. Um, we obviously, we're talking about guys that are going to be stars in the future. And obviously, we don't get to talk about Germany a lot. But I really do think Norman Harris... I think with enough time and the way he's going, I think he'll be a future star. Because he definitely is something about him. He just has a very innate charisma about him. And I think 
you know, he seems to get, I think the actual in-ring stuff just needs to improve slightly. He's very good for what he is at the moment, but he just needs to, to get, he's going to get better and better, but he was really good. Um, and the other match was uh, the Pretty Bastards, who I think I complained about on this podcast before, and I've complained about Graps and Claps as well, this, this kind of really crappy tag team. They, they had a match against, I believe the guy was called Marik, was one of the guys, and the other one was uh, Vincent Heisenberg, don't say his name. Um, <laughs> and this, this, uh, this Heisenberg and Marik were like a new team, but it just, and like, there was a, a promo in the, in the middle of the show with Avalanche teaching them how to, uh, to tag team wrestle and, uh, you know, use bad things to their advantage. And this match, it was, I think it was about five minutes long. It wasn't that long at all. Merrick got the shit beaten out of him, basically. Heisenberg come in, looked like a complete fucking idiot for not for hitting his partner and not knowing really what tag wrestling was. The bastards beat them, and I was like, oh, God. Like, it was bad enough to having to see the pretty bastards wrestle, but then seeing this match, it was awful. Uh, like I wouldn't recommend anyone, you know, uh, to go and check it out because it was pretty bad. But um, yeah, it was a solid episode of Shotgun, though. They've announced that um, the Shotgun title tournament that is taking place over the next couple of weeks. Um, apparently, there's going to be some qualifiers leading up to that as well because absolutely Andy wants to um, have he wants to have fairness, sport and fairness, and absolute fairness in WXW as the new director of sports. So. Next week, we've got Alpha Kevin against Metahan, and uh, we've got another tag team match. I forgot what that is, but uh, so that's the shotgun title is actually being a prominent figure. Uh, Avalanche is the first one into the tournament. Bobby Guns, I think, will be able to match soon enough, and um, they're also trying to figure out what's happening with the women's championship as well, considering a male can't get into Germany due, you know, because he lives in France. So um, I think at the moment, Killer Kelly, Stephanie Mays, and um, I forgot the other name, Baby Allison. They've got them to their disposal. But um, I think, you know, we'll see if it's like a interim women's championship possibly, but we're seeing what's going on. But that's all with WXW. I mean, treat for next week and I'll uh, bring in another review next week. Top stuff. Top stuff. Um... That's all the current sort of uh, products. We can talk about. We'll talk about a few classic things in just a second. But um, first of all, because I did forget to write it down, but yeah, it was the biggest wrestling news story of the week. Look, that New Japan is back. Yeah. Um, so it's not held any wrestling event since uh, February 26th, uh, mm-hmm. owing to this whole pandemic. Um, and apparently they are returning with live shows. No fans yet. Uh, starting uh, June 15th, if I'm correct. Yeah, June 5th, basically they're running the New Japan Cup from June 15th all the way to July 3rd. Uh, July, and then you have Dominion. I think Dominion, it will be taking place in Suho Hall, but it will take place in one third of the usual capacity. So there'll still be fans there. Was it, Japan, was it, um, was it um, Osaka Joe Hall? Oh, I'm sure. Think, I'm sure that was I mentioned. Think, it was one of the two, I believe. It's it was one of the la- it's one of the bigger venues that they run. Yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, it might be, yeah. It was it, it's the, a, a big venue for Dominion because Dominion being called sure the that, Yeah, I'm sure that Dominion's normally held at Osaka Joe Hall. It might. It's one of the two. Uh, if I, if yeah. I've got that wrong, I apologise. That's why. Apologise. Um, but um, yeah, so they're obviously coming back with the new Japan Cup. There's been a lot of adjustments because of certain wrestlers not being able to get into the country. Um, but 
what they've done is they've done a mix of uh, heavyweights, junior heavyweights, and young lions in this tournament. Um, and there's a couple of matches that kind of jump out to me. I won't go through the whole field, but the matches that jump out to me are, um, first of all, the dad fight between Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata, which I think could be some brilliant uh, brutalism and maybe comedy in, in some cases as well. I think that could be really good. And then the other one I thought I'd mention is uh, Bullet Club's Taiji Shimori against uh, one of the UK's own, Gabriel Kidd. That's interesting. And also it's good to see Gabriel get a, get this uh, opportunity, as golden as it is, quite frankly. Hmm. Uh, are there any other matches that kind of spring to mind? Um, I'm going to have another look at what... He's trying to have a look. Um, He'll get there right, in so the end. <laughs> so, any other matches that stand out? Uh, Hodma versus Takahashi. I think that could be quite a good match, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or uh, Okada versus Ghetto. Bit of a grudge match going on there. Definitely, yeah. You've got here. Oh, uh, the je- the housewife's favourite, Kurt Ravushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. Holy oh, shit! I've just seen that myself. Oh, always, uh, oh, it's a rematch here for one of my favourite matches of New Japan's 2019. That's Show versus Shingo Takagi. That'll be fucking excellent. Oh, suits you, sir. Oh yes. And then, um, yeah, I think they're all the matches. Just question, oh lads. Who do you, who are you predicting to win? Considering obviously like the winner gets the shot at Tetsuya Naito's uh, tie with Dominion, so who would you like to see in that position? Oh Christ, that's a good question. Um, oh Christ, I honestly don't know. Um, well, well I'll, I'll put my prediction out there. This, I, I'm going to have a big top. Tomohiro Ishii just because I always felt apart from um, last year of the New Japan Cup where Okada won it but generally uh, like New Japan Cup's always been that kind of tournament that normally the underappreciated uh, mid to upper card talents uh, get a chance to shine and actually win so obviously Shibata a couple of years ago we had Zach win it a couple of years ago yeah Zach won it so, I was going to say two years ago 2018, Shabbat went in 2017. So it's all normally for workhorses. And with Ishii, I think he'll retire in the next couple of years. His body's starting to break down and things like that. So I'd love for him. He doesn't have to win, but I just want him to have a big opportunity at the IWGP heavyweight title, just so he's mm. got that under his belt. So, and I feel like, you know, Ishii Naito would be that match that people would want. And I think it's a match that I think would attract people to it. Because I think. With Naito, can't take an Okada or Tanahashi just yet. I think um, just because I feel like they've had a lot of matches recently, and possibly they want it less of the impact of those. And I think Ishii Naito is a fresh match. And let's be honest, Ishii's not, probably not going to be winning a G1 anytime soon. He, he's probably always going to be in that, you know, that US title, never open weight title kind of level. Yeah. But just give one opportunity to face uh, the champion for the heavyweight championship. I think that would be perfect. For me personally, I, that's what I'd like to see win. No, I agree, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's such a 
diverse field as well. The fact that you've got heavyweights and juniors mixed in this, and there's just so many. Yeah, it's it's incredibly difficult, really, to say who's going to win outright. But mm. I mean, I I mean, I I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah, this is incredibly difficult for me to uh, uh, to pick anyone that I I could imagine progressing far that I. Yeah, that's a tough one for me. I'll be honest. Another factor as well is that I am ridiculously out of the loop as far as New Japan is concerned. I need to uh, write that wrong at some point. Yeah, I'm going to uh, get on the New Japan train at some point. I want to get on to the... Uh, I want to try and watch some of those, some of those classics that I've missed out on, like the Omega and Okada matches. Uh, obviously, being on the All Japan kick at the moment, but uh, we'll get into that in two seconds. But uh, Liam... <laughs> But Liam, uh, um, anyone you'd love to see? This is the thing. I've not actually looked at it. I've seen people share it, going, "Oh, New Japan's back! New Japan's back!" And like, I've not even looked into it. Would you want me to let you know the? Let you know... Well, I've heard of Gado or Guido or. Whatever. You've heard of Gado? Yeah. Oh, Gado, Gado. Right, well, quickly going. Zack Junior there, man. I was trying to figure out who would I want Naito to be facing for the title. Oh, I, well, I, I see what Liam's doing. He's doing a bit of forward booking here. Because mm. I remember Gado G- G- oh, G- was being, being a good wrestler. I remember seeing him at RevPro. Um, see, in my, in my brain, was just going, let the British lad win it and thinking Gabriel Kidd, but he's a young man. <laughs> Oh Jesus, that would be amazing if that. I mean, even if he were to get out the first round, I would be so chuffed for Gabriel Kidd. Uh, I, I genuinely, I mean, you know, what I don't, you know, what you might think of him as a wrestler. I mean, I just remember him, you know, before he went to Japan, being pretty bland. But he, from what I understand, he's really got it together. You know, well, because a, Japan, well, and, you know, it's a, it's part of the course, isn't it? Because Japan, you know, well, Dave, you can't help but improve. Well, Dave, I feel like obviously before Japan, for a while he was blind, but I've, with his heel turn, like the last couple of years when he was in the UK, he really improved. And plus, well, his diet got better and his his actual work ethic. So, do you remember um, the match him and Dewa had at Kamikaze? I remember being really good. Yeah, like. Really, Good match. I think Gabriel Kidd was great that way, but he's got himself in the right fields, and you know, I respect him as well because obviously we've complained about NXT UK before about um, like young wrestlers just kind of going to there without spending much time. But you know, Gabriel Kidd, he spent his time here, did clearly saw his all his opportunities. New Japan came a knocking, under like Shibata was the one who invited him as well. He's been given an opportunity. Now he's wrestling in the New Japan Cup with some of the biggest names in professional wrestling. That's a fucking exactly, massive opportunity yeah. for him. That's, that's smart as well. Plus, well, he's got time on his side because I think he's only about 21, 22 himself. Yeah, yeah, that's something that people forget. Um, I mean, he's always come across to me as someone who presents himself as a lot more mature than what he is. Someone, yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've certainly seen that as far as Gabriel Kidd is concerned. Yeah, I mean, as mentioned, you know, he's got um, Ishimori in the first round. That's a big opportunity in and of itself. A former uh, IWGP junior heavyweight champion, Ishimori. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's a big opportunity. Yeah. 
but yeah, I'm going to be excited. I'll, I think we'll be trying to bring reviews of it. I'll make sure to watch it myself. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the New Japan Cup coming, coming yeah, back. Yeah, I think Japan. the fact that this is now, I think it's a good step. It's a step in the right direction, isn't it? You know, and also uh, it's been mentioned on more than one podcast uh, about how mature the approach to uh, returning post-pandemic, you know, compared like the uh, the very mature, very measured approach that like, New Japan and a lot of promotions in Japan have had to uh, reopening the wrestling industry there, as you know, once this uh, you know whole thing has uh, simmered down, and compare it to the WWE and how yeah. much of a you know, just a, you know, uh, just how much of almost like a, 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 I suppose heartless is one way to put it. Almost, uh, you know. Well, Dave. In, let's in just say fair, cavalier approach. Well, Dave. In all fairness, as much as we like praise AEW, I think they shouldn't be kept out of it. I mean, fair enough for testing no, no, people. I mean, I'm, but, I was going to get, I was going to get to AEW as well, but I think okay, so. The bigger promotions in the United States, I think, is uh, what I mean. But WWE seemed to be obviously the worst offender. I mean, like I said, AEW, not necessarily. I mean, they have have they necessarily gotten everything right in their approach? Not necessarily, but it's to me not as egregiously bad as the, the WWE. Oh no! It seems to me oh. there's a lot more skullduggery as far as the WWE and ke- them keeping going during this i don't really have do it i've done a lot worse with it but i think I, no, I think, I think, I think be, to uh, me it just seems that there's a bit more skullduggery with them but yeah. then it's it's a wwe isn't it so you you kind of almost take that to be gospel i suppose not not gospel but to, you kind of you know take this kind of like underhanded stuff that they have you know that they do you just take that as a pretty much standard for them Oh yeah, um, but um, no, GCW is coming back. So yes, coming back next week. I think that's with that show where uh, masks are compulsory and the social distancing still be maintained. So they're keeping it outside, and then they're um, doing a backyard show on July the fourth as well, which is a follow up to last year. So uh, yeah, GCW, like one of the bigger indie promotions in the US, are coming back. So yeah, hopefully maybe things are starting to come back to normal. Hopefully, with with like, yeah, touch wood, touch wood. I mean, the fact that it's happening in um, you know, Japan, they, I mean, Japan in general seems to have uh, dealt with this pandemic a lot more, uh, you know, a lot better than uh, you know, for example, you know, the fucking shit show that we've seen here and uh, to a smaller degree in the United States. Um, I mean, the fact that uh, that I think what it is they've kind of earned the right to. Uh, you know, gradually open up and uh, stuff like that. I mean, obviously you still have these like uh, empty dojo shows and stuff like that. And uh, I think that's all well and good, but I think it by and large, uh, yeah, it's just the approach is so much uh, more different. Um, Actually, there's a very brief question before we move on. Actually, when do you think the uh, uh, wrestling industry in the UK is going to open up? Because I think that is a burning question. Um, and also, what impact do you reckon the pandemic, not least, obviously the fact that the UK has been one of the most 
uh, one of the worst affected countries in the world. How do you think the you know, that will impact the industry in general? Uh, you know, fit, unless there's sort of, you know constant support from our fans, and maybe they are financially stable by selling merch and, uh, or Patreons or whatever, how they're getting money. Uh, you can definitely see a lot of promotions being affected by this. And just the whole thing we've chatted about off air, and I think a little bit on here as well, is about how, you know, people want to go at, you know, if people are safe going back to build buildings with crowded people, you know, because obviously some people might think to themselves, well, I don't want to risk my health for going to a wrestling show. That's something I've considered. I mean, I mean, I've chatted to you a lot before. And oh, I said, yeah, I'd, same I'd, here, yeah. I'd, I'd love to do the OTT anniversary show in October, if any luck, because I know what islands open up properly in July. Um, but obviously, obviously, I want to go desperately because I love islands and I love OTT, but I can't risk my health at the same time. That's the most important thing to me right now, and I think I don't want to come in and affect my family, if, if any luck. Um yeah, I think that that's definitely something to consider. I think it's more the the fan base will actually be um, the I think the biggest obstacle because it will depend on people want to be in tight spaces again, where social distancing may not yeah. be an option. And I think you know, obviously, it depends on the fans. I know some people will jump in feet first. I mean, even though I love wrestling and like I love shows, I'd be more happy to obviously see you like in person first before any other wrestling show. And I. I actually have to think about it first before I would want to go back to shows just to make maintain like health for it for a, like just a reason. Um, so yeah, I think it will be. It's going to be quite a while before the UK opens up again as far as wrestling goes. I think at this point I could even see it being next year, where that's the safest bet possible. Yeah, I think. I mean, as much of a a bunch of glass half full kind of guys that we are here on the Swapcast, I genuinely think that the UK is probably going to be one of the last countries to open up the wrestling industry. Uh, And I say this as a wrestling fan who is desperate to get back to shows. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I have, you know, three months in lockdown and I felt the hunger. You know, I've not been to a show since March 15th. I feel it. You know, I feel the pain. But the flip side of that if it means that I can't go to another show for like 12 months just so this pandemic can like settle down and, you know, maybe we have like a treatment or vaccine for COVID um, more readily available and all that kind of stuff. It's, I would gladly take that, you know, because, you know, as a wrestling fan, I'm not going to be much used to the wrestling industry. If I go to a show and end up catching COVID and dying, you know, it's yeah. it's a no-brainer, quite frankly. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, if there was an opportunity for there to be a show with like the appropriate social distancing and all that kind of stuff, like kind of what they're doing in Japan, uh, would I consider taking the plunge? I think it depends. Uh, I, I mean, it depends on a lot of factors. Obviously, my own health, but obviously. And it goes back to the whole, the basic part of wrestling is the draw. You know, if there is someone who on there that I would like to see, but uh, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't see 
at least i think you know japan has been incredibly lucky in the fact that they've dealt with pandemics very very recently so therefore they've been able to um be a be able to sort of uh deal with covid a lot better than you know a lot of countries the united states are just haphazard to say the very least you can tell that you know there are just mitigating factors politically financially all that kind of stuff which are gonna you know open up the industry probably prematurely but uh it's still probably going to happen uh and then elsewhere you know elsewhere in europe i think the pandemics are you know it's starting to settle um i think they're a lot they're, they're probably like a couple of months ahead of the curve compared to the uk like i said the uk we got you know we got caught with our pants down you know with this pandemic and then the fact that the government just almost complicit in making it 10 times worse you have to think you know they're going to make it 10 times worse in getting out of all this shit as well um it's uh you know i don't have much faith in uh our government to actually help the uh you know never mind yeah they, they're you know they, they they they're they're just sort of uh focusing on their own personal interests and stuff like that it's bullshit but uh you know sadly it uh, seems to be you know the perception out there but um to put a pin on it i wouldn't be too surprised if the um uk wrestling industry stays shuttered until probably at the absolute earliest we're talking about maybe the tail end of the year but uh 2021 I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we have a full year where the wrestling industry has just been shuttered here, here in the UK. So on yeah. on that side note, actually, which promotions do you reckon are most at risk of um, shutting down? Um, I don't, I would, I'd say sorry, some of the lower level promotions maybe haven't got that major distribution service like a VOD. Maybe don't optimise mm. things like your Patreon or like a pay tier system, possibly. I think they're the ones more at risk, and ones with the product, um, and ones with the, you know, with a product maybe not as accessible. I think they're the ones that suffer the most, possibly. Um, but yeah, I, think, I, I don't want to specifically name promotions because obviously I don't know everyone's financial situation. Yeah, I, I was going to say, if, was, you know, I'm not, I, I wouldn't go into that much detail, but. Uh, I yeah. mean, if we're just sort of thinking about like how you could group promotions into like the, the bigger promotions, which, as you mentioned, have sort of higher distribution as far as like maybe on demand services and stuff like that, maybe run larger venues and the like. I imagine they'll be fine. Hmm. Um, I kind it's... of worry for the smaller promotions that maybe provide local wrestling in certain locales. I worry for niche products, which, you know, in this climate probably are, I don't know, more reliant on certain audiences who may be sort of drawn away post-pandemic. Yeah, I mean, uh, considering also that at the last time I checked, there's over 125, maybe more wrestling promotions running in the United Kingdom. Uh, I would be surprised if there's a few of those that end up uh, not reopening. Yeah, I'm I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just a sorry, it's a sad state of affairs, but I can, uh, you know, again, even as a rank optimist, I can definitely see that, you know, 
that happening i mean it's happening in not not just in wrestling it's happening in most industries as well like the hospitality sector has just been absolutely devastated you know pubs some pubs are not opening after this pandemic has come you know we've come out the worst of it you know um the same with theaters clubs that kind of thing you know yeah it's just uh i think because of the just the impact of this pandemic has just been so great virtually every aspect of life has been affected and i think you know wrestling is a great little microcosm of this and uh yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be too surprised if there's a few promotions that sadly do not see the light of day once this pandemic settles. Yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, try and, we'll try and uh, move us on if we can. Just yeah, I more... mean, again, we could talk about this forever, but we uh, we actually own, only have a certain amount of time because, uh, you know, we got shit to do. Uh, let's move on exactly. to the next subject. Well... Uh, this past week, um, I wasn't aware of this until a uh, friend of the show, Jamesy, tweeted out. And uh, I think a lot of people went kind of mad for it and was re-watching this match. But this past week, it was 25 years ago since uh, a legendary tag team match from Superpower Series 1995 from All Japan. It was Kawada and Tawai versus Masawa and Kabashi. I've personally, I, I didn't see, I've never seen the match. It was a match was on my watch list. Um, but I did watch it yesterday. I know, Dave, you've watched it. I'm not sure. Liam, have you watched this it's match It's on YouTube. All? I have not, no. Oh, okay. I oh, uh, Liam, well, you let what... the side down. I sent, I sent this to their group chat the other day, saying that I was aroused. It was very clickbaity. To be fair, Dave, like, you know, Liam covered NXT, so let's cover some classic all Japan. Um, fair enough. Yeah. It's it's a match that's rated very highly by fans, reviewers, critics, everyone in between. Um, yeah, like watching it yesterday, what a match! And like all Japan's one of them promotions, watching it back, that really has me glued to the screen watching their matches. And yeah, this match was absolutely fucking brilliant. What did you think, Dave? From bell to bell, easily. I mean, I, I can't remember. I, I mean, oh, Jesus. I'm sure I've seen this in a past life. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen this in the past and been absolutely mesmerized by it at the time. And then obviously I watched it back because it's on YouTube. I watched it back a couple of days ago and thinking, Jesus Christ, this is an absolutely, you know, the word epic gets thrown around a fucking hell of a lot. But this was an epic with a capital E. Genuinely won. I mean, genuinely won the best matches of its era. I mean, you're talking about Japan in 1995, which you could argue artistically is possibly the zenith of professional wrestling as a compelling art form and a sport melded into one. I mean, it's genuinely, yeah. I mean, if you legitimately come out of watching this match and you thought that you're disappointed by it, I think you should genuinely question being a wrestling fan. Wrestling might not be for you because this is as perfect a match as you're going to get. Fantastic. I mean, just look at it. You've got the four top stars of that era in all Japan. 
Kawada is so fucking awesome as this dickhead hill. Just like constantly targeting the leg, knocking Masara off the, the apron. Same as Tawe, who goes a bit underappreciated in the Four Pillars chat. And then you've got Kabashi selling of his leg. It's just absolutely fucking brilliant. It's like one of the best sell jobs you've ever seen. And Masao was fire. Like, just his anger at being constantly derailed here. It's just brilliant as well. And it's just, it is literally the four top performers of their day against each other. And I do want to go off a common, uh, the grapple, uh, Benno selling the grapple spotlight. Um, uh, you know, I think it's the worthwhile common. Even watching that, I was thinking of this comment, right? Was um, the fact back then is that the wrestlers didn't, weren't going out there thinking, right, I'm going to try, we're going to attempt to do a five star match here. They just went out and had a match. And it was exactly beloved, and it was universal. Whereas nowadays, I think the culture of wrestling is like, right, we've got to have a five star match now and ends up not attempt, not getting, we don't get there. And I think this it's the difference in attitude between wrestlers then and now. And like, you're just watching this match and just thinking how. Oh, People should be following this formula. And just them four went out and just like, right, we'll go and do our, we'll go and do what we can do, and it ended up being one of the greatest matches of all time. Yeah, definitely. Um, it has you know the perfect ingredients for just an absolute classic. Um, one thing to note as well on cage match, it's uh, our to- uh, total average rating is nine point eight seven, which is actually number two on that list, uh, which I I think is just an absolute injustice but then again the inmates cage match are just different animals altogether they think yeah. that um, dan crawford and doug furness versus ken kabashi and siyoshi kikuchi from 1992 is uh, slightly better they rated that average of 9.89 that's still a fucking ace match i think yes. i think i have it's seen that, that myself but we're not talking that. about it's that all... match but <laughs> yeah and yeah. also cage match inmates are fucking idiots that's oh, just no. my personal opinion. I had a fucking argument with um, a, a chap on Cage Match about uh, his review, which was less than glowing about the um, one year on the Frontline show, which uh, I think the first anniversary of that show is uh, next week. So I won't talk about the show. I'll talk about that next week if I get five minutes. But uh, yeah. Oh, Cage Match inmates can be... Uh, they can be hard work. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Each to their own, Dave. Each to their own. Oh yeah. I try. I try and live by that mantra if I can, but uh, it's it's hard. And uh, uh, I don't bother. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just. But yeah, it's an absolutely outstanding. Actually, let's just say Dave mentioned it's on YouTube. If you've never seen it, like. Just put some time aside to watch it. I mean, it's just 52 minutes on the video. I mean, once you've got like, the entrances and the post-match interviews, the match it's is about... It's about seven in total. Um, yeah. But it, I, 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 this is actually something I will mention. It's 42 minutes, 37 seconds, the match from Bell to Bell, but it feels like 15 minutes. It That 42 minutes will breeze by. It is it's one that it, I think that's also what makes it such a great match. It's such an easy watch. 25 years on, it's such an easy watch. Oh, Breeze is past. Like, this, you know, it's like, you know, you don't, you sit down and think, it's like, oh, Christ, you know, it's a long runtime. It just breezes past in, a, in like no time at all. 
I mean, sort of to, to give you a bit of a, a contrast, you know, I go through, you know, if I were to go through, for example, a 2020 Baron Corbin match that goes six minutes, that six minutes will feel like six days. <clears throat> this is the polar opposite of that. A fucking mm. long match that feels like it just breezed by. And that just goes to the effort that all four of the guys put in this match. And yeah, I should have mentioned quickly about Kawada as well, because I, it was always someone I've seen gifts of and like, I think it was of, he looks awesome. And I want to watch some of him. So last week I did actually watch uh, him versus Masawa from 1994. And that match is, again, another match I'd recommend people check out. That match is fucking awesome. And Kawada's, again, he is so fucking brilliant against Masawa. And I think, you know, Kawada, genuinely, I think, one of those underrated wrestlers of all time. I know a lot of people praise him, but in a sense of, you know, he was in the same company as Kabashi and uh, Masawa Frages, who got went on to extend the legacy in Noah after All Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Kawada's so fucking good. And watching these old, old, old Japan matches back just to be a treat over this lockdown period. Definitely. Uh, I mean, yeah. obviously, I went a slightly different route. Uh, but the start of the lockdown and I went in the direction of like all Japan women and uh, sort of all the classic Joshi. Um, but Jesus Christ, how good was some of this, uh, you know, stuff that the, the dudes in Japan were doing in, in the nineties. Mm. Fucking hell. I mean, I, I feel like I've, I, I've always been a late adopter with um, Japanese wrestling as far as the men's side of things concerned, but my God, it's been, you know, uh, part of me has been thinking, why the fuck did I wait? It's so well, good. It's always been one of those things for me. Where, what, you know, obviously, like when everything was normalised, obviously doing so many shows and plus twelve certain things you're just watching. Like, oh, what's this WWE match that everyone's talking about? And things like that. You don't really take time to really think. Like, right, I want to watch a classic. And then this lockdown period, you've really got no excuse. So I'm thinking, oh, there's oh. There's a Masawa match I want to watch. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch it. And then I love, end up loving it. Mm. But thus far, I've not watched any Kabashi or Masawa matches that I've not rated lower than five. Like, they just yeah. seem to be just too flawless. <laughs> I mean, I've, I did actually end up, for the first time, watching that Kabashi Joe match the other day from um, Renovado back in 2006. And yeah, that's fucking awesome as well. Yeah. But I think that's worth mentioning. That is absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, but yeah, but just what a match. And if you've never seen it, well, I think we'll put the link in the show description. But if you've never seen the match before, go and check it out. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Um, but just finally, lads, before we uh, get out of here, uh, any other things we've been watching this week that you'd like to uh, bring up into conversation? What's any match recommendations of, of sorts or anything? Uh, Liam, any match recommendations or anything you've been watching in the last week? I've barely been watching any wrestling, really, except for, oh, okay. like, your NXTs, your Raws, your Smackdowns, stuff like that. And it's just... Yeah. I've, I've, I've watched any wrestling. I've only, like, barely watched any wrestling, except for the stuff that... Recent, as such. I've not actually delved into, like, a massive binge session of, like, oh, wrestling match here and wrestling match here. It's just stuff that's stuff that's recent, and I'm looking forward to watching Backlash live on Sunday. Why? Oh Jesus, that's actually happening! Uh, the, the greatest, greatest match in the time. Oh, that, that, that's bollocks. That could get in the bin. 
Well, they've now, cha- they've, they've now changed the theme. It, it did have yeah. The Greatest Showman yeah. as the very theme, but now it's um, Green Do Day's version of... Oh, yeah. 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 I'm like, is, David, David Starr's just going, fucking hell. Yeah, yeah put a shot at David Starr. Plus, <laughs> William Regal. I remember William Regal once said, Do you want a touch? Is a nonce anthem. That was the truth. <laughs> so, you know, you know, like, I don't this understand this. Match. But... Do you want a touch? The great, yeah. the greatest match. Are they, haven't they been watching All Japan from 1995? <laughs> <laughs> They've taped it already as well, so they can edit it. You know, you know, all the greatest matches we've talked about before, they're edited, aren't they? Like, you know, Omega Okada, that was edited. Kabashi Masao, edited. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. Like, the you fucking know, oh. Toyota Kyoko Inaway match from 95 that I was talking about on Discuss Lariat, that was edited to shit. Yeah. Fucking hell. Again. Not organic, is it? But um, no, no, not at all. This Japanese wrestling lark, malarkey, so unorganic, such uh, no. bollocks. You know, nothing compared to the Fed. Oh no, the Fed's got their fucking head screwed on. They, they know <laughs> what they're doing. Um, <laughs> oh Dave, Jesus! Dave, oh. any match you've been watching or listening to in the last week or so you'd like to mention? Well, first thing, I smell like hard work and sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, Christ. Uh, I've lost my train of thought. Shit. Um, this I, is the greatest match. Oh, don't Wait, you start, Stephen. <laughs> I, 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 I had something for this. Fuck's sake. Um, do you, do you want to talk you... about what you were taught, what, what uh, you've been watching uh, very briefly, Yuan? And I'll uh, get to mine. Uh, what have I been watching? Um, well, I've watched some OTT. I think we mentioned that last week. Uh, oh, yeah, what's the... Uh, I finally got around to watching the Ilya Dragunov Cara Noir trilogy from Progress. Um, I've been told a lot of good things about it. So I was like, all right, judge it for myself. The Manchester match, I thought it was, it was a really good match. But I felt some of the theatrical stuff just was a bit over the top. And I get Cara was a theatrical character, but it was mostly from Dragunov, who, you know, previously in the character, he's not been portrayed as a theatrical wrestler or had any interest in that kind of thing. He's just this kind of, you know, mad Russian type who's a brilliant wrestler as well. So that was, it, it, it put the match down a slow for me, but it was still a very good match. Uh, the one in Camden, I thought, was a, way, a lot better. And uh, it was the kind of match I was I was expecting from them the first time around. I thought the actual wrestling was very slick. And so the theatrical stuff kind of worked a lot more this time because it was more of a trick by Dragunov to um, leave Karadawai into an un, a, a level of uncertainty, should we say that. Uh, so I thought I can actually a lot better. But then I watched this match today. It was the match there, the Sheffield uh, Three Falls match. The first two falls are two of the worst two falls I think I've ever seen any two out of three falls match. They were absolutely fucking terrible. The first one was Edie Dragunov grabbing Karnawar's... Karnawar had a hold of Edie Dragunov's wrist. Edie Dragunov went down and started tapping. Then Paz called for the bell, so Karnawar got the first um, fall for no reason at all. Then, like a minute later, he gets the... um, uh, Ida Dragunov gets the victory with the Torpedo Moscow. So they've finally got into the final four. And the final four, you know, kind of 
bit gets the match up better. It, you know, brings the match up. But I think that first couple of falls really took me out of it. And I think it was the worst of the trilogy. But I went a gentleman's three on it, which for Cara Noir, that's pretty bad. I mean, Cara Noir was great, but he didn't drag it off for me. It's much as I love him. He just really wasn't suited for the theatrical stuff. Plus, well, in this Sheffield match, with his white face paint looks like he should be one of the fucking sperm was on that Chris Wolf show. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely Jesus, awful. Like, Jesus Christ. Uh, so it's the Russian sperm. Also, as well, I, I do want to get a bit of progress hating in here, just because I've watched a bit of their stuff recently. Um, I've recommended a couple of matches. Friend of the show, Joel Bevan. Uh, all right, Joel. Um, he recommended Jenny versus Millie McKenzie from November. So I watched that. Immediately didn't like it because, first of all, Ginny announced, oh, she's the queen of the goths. I openly, openly shouted fuck off to my computer. I was, because I was, I, I was like, what oh, the fuck this? And I watched it. It was a fine match, but the crowd, obviously, not receptive because it's two women in there. They're not Pete Dunne or Trent Seven. And then the other thing as well, the front row it's completely different from who, who used to sit there. Like, you got none of the regulars are there anymore. And it's just, it kind of weirded me out for a minute as well, just how much progress has just completely changed. And I don't really recognise anyone that goes anymore on the VOD. There was that, which, yeah, it was fine. 2.75. You won't remember it in a week. And then Tim Thatcher versus Paul Robinson with a protest style, which I thought, all right, this is actual chance of Robert to test what he's doing with his knockout submission stuff. But mm. as much as I love Paul Robinson, this was crap. I mean, again, another one I went three stars on. And again, for Tim Thatcher, that's, that's you know, below his bar. And That's incredible. Yeah, it's, it, it's just like Thatcher was trying to wrestle a technical knockout style match because he, he knows that style. But Robbo's still trying to you know, throw elbows, like trying to climb on him, kick Tim in the bollocks, and just trying to do all this stuff. That doesn't really, that you know, that shouldn't suit the knockout submission style. They should keep it in the ring as well. When, like, Robo finishes it off by getting a big pair of comedy nunchucks out of his bag he brought to ring, and then uh, choking Tim out to get the victory. And I'm like, oh fuck this! Like, honestly, as such, I love Paul Robinson. His previous title stuff has been absolutely awful from a film I've seen because he just. I love submission and knockout wrestling. I love things like Tetsujin and like the ambition stuff. Like when guys can probably like kick the shit out of each other and it, or even if they're working it, Robbo just seems to be doing this kind of, he seems to be doing no holds barred, but under the pretense of knockout or submission. And if he wants to do like no holds barred knockout, I'm fine with that. Cause that's better description of what it is. Hmm. But again, someone like Thatcher, he really got, he just got shown up here and it just, it's not suiting him at all. Especially with his kickboxing background, you would have thought, oh, this would be a very interesting match. But yeah, this is not working at all for him. And yeah, this was bad. Um, a plus side, though, that same show was a very good Jordan Devlin and Scotty Davis against Birch and Lorcan tag team match, which I did really enjoy. That's worth, that's worth giving a look to, I feel. And uh, even Birch and Lorcan feel like they're actually. Uh, I feel they're fired up because I can swear and stuff. And it's, if it, it's again, it's another shame like they can't be out of Orlando prison because they're not doing anything in NXT. <laughs> but uh, that was really good. That's and plus, well, it did make me laugh. That Birch was um, putting over Devin and Davis, but at first he did say, "I've got plenty of history with this <coughs> shit finger to Devlin. Devlin got out of the ring, 
and virtually writing him back in. But Devlin, to be fair to him, did you know, the um, the arm taunt that Finn Balor does. That was so it was a bit of self parody, which I, I was kind of like, you know I was I, you know, I was kind of uh, laughing at. But uh, that was a really good match. I'd recommend people check that out. But uh, yeah, um, and I've watched a few things with Discuss Lariat, but I won't disclose here because, you know, I like keeping a secret alive. But, uh, uh, discuss here. And, uh, always <laughs> I working. I assume these are for uh, episodes yeah. which have yet to be recorded or like, in the can or whatever, the, you know. Yeah. yeah, I've got, at the moment, I've got three that have actually been recorded. I've got three this weekend that I'm recording as well. So... Uh, yeah, but there've been three very, very different matches, shall we say? Um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think anything else I've significantly watched in the last week or so. Apart from that Kawada Masao match, as I mentioned, um, no, nothing. No, that was it. NWA Power. I actually finally started that. Oh so, Jesus! So yeah, well, it's always been something <laughs> I get around to watching, but. I've watched the first 10 episodes, actually first 11 episodes today, like over the last couple of days or so. I've really been enjoying that. And I think just the biggest word you can say of power is just fun. Just because, you know, the matches are obviously massively special, but the promo work's brilliant. They're able to make XWWE and TNA guys really interesting as well. Like, I've never been a massive Nick Aldis fan, but seeing Aldis in this um, situation of the world's champion, he just really rises to the occasion. I like Eli Drake I've been really impressed with. Trevor Murdoch I think has been great in the series. And obviously I know I've got quite a way to go, but um yeah, it's been, I've really enjoyed it. Obviously I did mention that's the reason I've been watching Bram, just because obviously he's been on it. And oh, some Christ, matches, yeah. some of these matches unfortunately are tied to storylines which you're following along. But although I think was it the Wild Cards and the Dawsons, I've I really don't like either of them. A lot of the pretty bastards, like three of those dislike tag teams I think I've seen quite a while and I did see yeah, a, Matt, I, I was was say, so that's actually the, 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 the whole tag division's my least favourite part I mean even when like the Rock and Roll Express uh, you know were the tag champions uh, I mean I like that for like a brief moment a nice little nostalgia kick you know they are genuinely one of the uh, you know best tag teams uh, you know of their time but uh, you know that wore a little thin already what uh, I do like, what I mean, what I do like about the NWA, I was well, going Dave, to say, Dave, I just yeah. want to quickly mention though, just before you get onto that point, yeah, I sure, did see sure. Episode, I did see an episode ten, the uh, the Dawsons uh, versus the Wildcards, one of the matches, and I completely skipped through it. I couldn't be fucking bothered to watch any of them for oh, the rest of the That was horseshit. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I like with Bram. I know a lot. The reason why a lot of people hate him is because of the um, the whole. You know, uh, domestic abuse. Let's just say uh, he's had a very, very checkered past. Yeah, he was checking past Yeah, and I understand that. I understand that. It was say, whether it's true or not, again, I haven't got the evidence. I weren't fucking there. But the reason I don't like Bram, obviously, that's one of the things that I like, oh, like, but I don't really follow everyone's opinion on Twitter. I, I go judge by myself and actually read into things. I just don't like Bram. He's just generic and just for a big man as well. Really fucking bland. But yeah, I was, was going to say, um, oh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Uh, oh, Jesus. This, yeah, I just remember seeing Bram live a couple of times and thinking, how fucking ge- just generic are you? I think 
when you're the most generic in like a three-way matchup on a BW heavyweight title match, which I believe it was him, it was Kyle Ashmore and Johnny De La Valletta. Um, yeah. You know, when you're the most bland of those three, Jesus Christ. And, and I've, I, I, I will dunk on BW's men's division. It's not their strong suit at all. But their heavyweight title scene since Ashmore, you know, won the title from Rob Cage. I mean, Rob Cage being champion for as long as he was, was fucking bad enough. But uh, Ashmore didn't have a fucking hope in hell. But uh, it's only really once uh, Kieran Corrupt became the champion that uh, that division really recovered. But, oh, God, that was there was some dark days in BW's men's division, uh, especially yeah, because that was the um, that was the Valletta t- title change, if I'm correct. Yeah. Anyway, the point I'm trying um, to make yeah. is, is that Bram is a bit shit as a wrestler. Oh, yeah, it's the same lines as well. Like, we're going to kiss, kick your ass, or we're going to kiss your ass, and stuff like that. It's like, oh, fuck off, mate. You are so <laughs> yeah. fucking boring. You're going to kick but your ass, time... kiss your ass, suck my fucking dick. Fuck off. So every time he's on, I either skip it or just, like, completely zone out. It's just yeah. one of the rest I do not concentrate on. So, oh, and it's... with Bram, I'll say, I've seen Bram have two good matches in my whole entire life. It was really? Eight-man eight tags at ICW. But, again, he wasn't the focal point of the matches. Yeah, he was the eighth yeah, man. Was, yeah. Yeah, he was the eighth man of the match. Didn't really do anything. So, that's, they're the best matches he's ever been a part of. But, yeah, he's shit, honestly. He's terrible. Uh, oh, one was... flip side, I was going to say, one flip side of the NWA how good is their women's division for yeah, such a small division it's actually really good i think for the six women they've got they maximize them incredibly well um first time i actually got to see people like thunder rosa and allison k properly wrestle mm. big fan of those guys i think marty bell's a lot better than what she uh did in the, in the may young classic a couple of years ago yeah Ashley fox i think's been very impressive even odb and melina i think have been back you know yeah, that's something which uh, you know is interesting to note. They've got this really interesting mix of wrestlers as well, and they're using them to their advantage. You know, they, they they're accentuating the positives and masking the negatives, which uh, is the best way to uh, present a wrestler. And they've been really doing that very well with their women's division. And Thunder Rosa as champion, I'm on board with that. Well, well Dave, no so spoilers. Good. Dave, no spoilers, I haven't got to that bit yet. Ah, fuck. I didn't even realise, to be honest with you. As I said, I'm only 11 episodes in, and I kind of know something's happening. To to be fair, it is common knowledge. Come on. Dave, I know some things, so I'm still leaving myself quite open. No, no, fair enough. But, uh... Uh, yeah, I've been enjoying that. I mean, obviously, the problem is, I think... You know, I've got six women. Are we going to put them into six women tags or like tag team matches? I'd like a bit more expansion on that. Obviously, I'm only 11 episodes in, so it depends on what um, what goes down. But uh, I've enjoyed it so far, though. Just everything. There's not a lot of like bad stuff to complain about, and it's been a lot of just good, just good solid wrestling. There's not obviously a lot of matches that stand out. Maybe apart from like, the next, the Nick Aldis and Tim Storm match from the first episode, which I really enjoyed, but. Mm. Yeah, it's just a very fun hour TV show, and it's just yeah, very it's, easy it's to not, watch. It's not uh, going to reinvent the wheel as far as wrestling is concerned. The, some of the matches can be very basic, but it's uh, an entertaining hour of uh, TV, and uh, yeah, fair play to them. They, they, they're they doing really well with what they've got. 
Exactly, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I've got the uh, dubious honour of finishing up this part of uh, what I've been, you know, so what I've, I've been watching. Um, there was a thread on Twitter. I can't remember who the, 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 the chap was, who basically had this uh, thread of um, Joshi matches that they were watching. And I just watched a boatload of those. And uh, again, classic Joshi is right in my wheelhouse at the moment. One match which really struck out to me was um, a matchup from All Japan Women Tag League The Best, Day 1, 1997. Right. Follow me on this, right? Because uh, this is a, this is a matchup which I didn't think I'd I'd see. So you, on one side you have Momoe Nakanishi and Nane Takahashi, both of them incredibly young in their careers. I think both kind of in their rookie year. I want to say I think Nakanishi started in '96 if I'm correct, and I think Takahashi, Nane started at the same time. Um, they're on one team. Their opponents are Minami Toyota and. Uh, um, Emi Motokawa so Emi Sakura when she was like 21 years old I didn't even realise this shit you know, I knew she you know, she had wrestled in all Japan women but not this early because uh, obviously she started out in IWA Japan and uh, yeah it's an interesting watch this actually it's um, I want to say about 15 minutes or so yeah and, and because it's a Manami Toyota match as well that piqued my interest as well. And it's just interesting seeing, um, uh, seeing Nakanishi and Takahashi just get the fucking shit beat out of them at times. But, uh, yeah, they, I mean, uh, I mean, this one can, I can spoil. So, cause, uh, I think I've watched it and no one else has, uh, yeah, the, the, the two youngsters get the pin on Emmy and, uh, it's a you know that's that's that that it's i mean don't get wrong as well it's a fun match as well but it's just so interesting seeing like uh so obviously manami's just sort of heading toward just like the tail end of the height of her powers and then you've got these three and emmy momoe and nane all you know relatively young in their own careers it's an interesting little time capsule of a match to be honest with Mm. you so that's one match that's stuck stuck out almost immediately. Um, I was watching a little bit of um, old Eve shows because, um, you know, I thought, why not? <laughs> um, mainly because I just remembered that there was like a couple of uh, big anniversaries as far as, you know, some of those shows were concerned. I won't go into them because, quite frankly, uh, I think we're pushed for the two hour mark so i think we can wrap this up very shortly but um i mean just one like a couple of shows i was talking about like um was been like um oh christ it was from yeah a couple of years ago like so you had um evil the weirdos mister and she evolution stage one on the same weekend i remember those being two yeah. very solid shows uh, especially yeah. she evolution stage one because uh, obviously that was uh, the first of their the um she evolution uh project as it were okay admittedly i only got to two shows but uh um that that was an interesting watch as well um yeah i mean i've been watching a little bit of everything um all over the place quite frankly as far as wrestling's concerned obviously that little joshi rabbit hole which i've talked about earlier 
has really been sort of the meat and potatoes of it. Obviously, the tag team match that we were talking about. Uh, oh my fucking god, that was just in- incredible. And uh, yeah, it's uh, kept me on my toes for the last seven days, quite frankly. Stars. Bit of breaking news, not wrestling related, but video game related. The spy, uh, the PS5 has been revealed, and along with a load of game trailers. I've just had a look. There That's it what is. I was, I was watching. Yes, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yes, Spider-Man Miles Morales has been uh, revealed, which I'm excited for because I love that first Spider-Man game. Um, oh yeah, yeah, finished Spider-Man last week. Great game. One of, I think, pretty like for me it was, it's up there of Arkham the City is like the best superhero game of all time uh, and I started Uncharted 4 on Sunday yeah that was it um, yeah that's a fantastic game as so well and I'm enjoying playing that at the moment so uh, yeah video games live on air PlayStation 5 <laughs> uh, love it love it love it but uh, let's wrap up fellas yeah um, um, I was, was going to say literally uh, cut only a handful of anniversaries worth noting um some I, I can't actually be asked to talk about uh uh just the, the, i was gonna say just the one birthday that i i can think of off the top of my head if i'm correct today is aew world women's champion hikaru shida's birthday i put it was yesterday dave oh, was it yesterday it was, it was uh, this week anyway she just turned 32 yeah, it was there in Perazzo with the like uh, Perazzo oh, yes, Murdoch. Of Murdoch was the only other like birthdays that I saw uh-huh. this week. But, uh, oh, all, right, okay. all, great, all great wrestlers. Oh, we say? All great wrestlers. Yes. Happy birthday to all of them. And yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, um, I was going to talk about one anniversary from 2014, which was the IPWK Progress Future Endeavor show. But uh, part of me is thinking, no, fuck oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's say we'll say it for another time, Dave. It was a it was a fairly uh, good show. No, it was, to be honest with you, I've just seen the card and it had a Scott Star Sammy Smooth match and that I almost lost the will to live. I remember watching that match and literally my soul just leaving my body. Fair. Let's yeah, just say Sammy the- got better and Scott Star thankfully has uh, given the game up and uh, thank Christ because he was terrible. Well, I enjoyed him personally, Dave, but each to their own, shall we uh, say. Ah, he wasn't my cup of tea at all. Ah, fair enough. Uh, right, let's get socials done then, guys. Uh, it's been a compact episode, and uh, yeah, Liam? Liam? Okay, uh, my Instagram oh, is Liam5991, my Twitter is LiamS1901, and if you have lucky to be one of my six best friends I can keep two metres in a park with you hooray <laughs> unless, uh, you, unless you're a, unless you're a single household you can be in a yeah the question <laughs> well yeah you can't be in a support bubble now can you in a single household no I was, I was going to say hardly as if your tool's going to be like two metres long <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus this degenerated fast socials oh yeah i've got socials um i'm on instagram and twitter and it's dave javu uh yuan um just plug the swappy plugs and your own and then obviously who's coming up on the uh, discuss lariat this weekend 
Well, first of all, I do want to plug uh, my appearance on Graps and Claps Audio last Saturday. You, uh, as we looked at OTT's uh, National Stadium Showcase collection of matches that was on YouTube, so that's worth a, that's worth a um, a, li- a listen to. Um, along with obviously, I should do want to plug as well that um, uh, Graps and Claps Audio with the return of Jeff Ogden is worth a real a re- listen. Um, and I'm actually, I can reveal it now, I'm making another appearance on Graps and Claps this Saturday. Uh, I won't reveal what me and Andy are reviewing, but uh, it is generally known as one of the best wrestling shows possibly ever. So, yeah, well, I'm excited to talk about that with Andy. Uh, so go and check him out and check out all his archives. Uh, discussed Lariat, so this past week we had Afazon talking about Chris Hero. And this week uh, we've got a buddy of mine, Matt Bowman from New York City, he is coming on. Has has come on and he's talking about Bret Hart. So yeah, that'll be a, that's a real good episode. Of hopefully people will uh, check it out and give it a listen. Uh, so that's what's coming up on Discuss Lariat. Uh, you can follow me at you and Mac on Instagram and Twitter, and then uh, Swappy Socials at MXL Swapcast on Twitter and Instagram. That's safe. Um, thank you once again for joining us. Um, on the uh, Swapcast, it's been episode 18. Next week, we've got to probably do the same. Just talk random shit for two hours. Maybe well, there'll be an anniversary or two. I know there's a couple of big anniversaries coming up uh, okay. in the month of June, but uh, well, they were sort of. I do have a plan for next week. I've got a plan. I'll tell you off there. All right, Baldrick. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, it's not cunning. Oh, that's uh, awkward. But, uh, suffice to say, next week, yeah, uh, hopefully Baldrick here will uh, have uh, formulated his cunning plan and uh, we'll have uh, a very interesting swappy coming up in the next week. So for Yuan, I've been Dave and Liam once again. Thank you for joining us. You are slowly becoming the cock of the show. I mean, the rock of the show. Fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so until next week, we bid you adieu. Cheerio, everyone. Goodbye. Stay safe. Pip, pip, cheerio, motherfucker. <laughs>